Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every ours? Every scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Anthony Peterson, uh, also known as Twitter's Octopus Caveman. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic, man. Good. It's good to see you, man. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to be back. I love you guys. Thanks, man. Likewise. The feeling is mutual. Yeah. So, how, how about you, Brent? What have you been up to? Oh, I can't complain. I can't complain. We go, we steam cleaned the carpet because we were, um, we had been um, pot, potty training a dog. Oh, right, yeah. I think it's a learning disability, this thing. <laughs> just like Anthony's cat. <laughs> he was just it, won't pee, it won't pee outside. Yeah, so we had, the, we had him steam clean. Um, yeah, you, you were famously named Octopus Caveman because you only have eight fingers and toes, I hear. <laughs> That's right. Total. <laughs> You have one finger. You have one finger on each hand, is what I heard, and you have six toes on one foot. You know, it, it's actually a lot of people think octopuses have eight arms, but that's not true. They actually that's have true. eight tentacles. That's right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, octopus, do you think that this is how you achieve your unique painting style? <laughs> <laughs> Brent's trying to go, uh, I'm trying to do like Barbara Walters or Connie Chung or something. That's just like, that was like when, when, you know, Johnny and Ed McMahon, when Ed McMahon occasionally would have a question, you'd be like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> right. And they'd be like, they'd be like who, let, who let Ed McMahon talk? He's like, hey, uh, I got a question. I'm Ed McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny about that situation is like Andy Richter came in to be like an Ed McMahon on on yeah. Conan O'Brien, mm -hmm. but Andy was so good at being the second man that I think that that position will now be referred to as the Andy Richter kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, oh, I do. Yeah. Even people that remember Ed McMahon like me go like, "Oh, you have a second person on the show. That's your Andy Richter." You know? Yeah. Well, right. guy... there were times when Conan kind of shut him up a bit. Because he was like on fuck, you know. If you look at like the, when the newer when he came back, it almost seems like Andy Richter was a lot more quiet. Like wouldn't really talk much at all. Oh, you you think Conan was like, look, man, we're coming back, but you need to fucking stay in your lane, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm just theorizing, but like Conan O'Brien is a bit of like, you know, like an egomaniac in the best way. The man is my favorite. He's my favorite. But, you know, I don't think anyone's allowed to be funnier than him. I, I have a feeling. Right. At least not on the show. I don't know. Not I on his show? No, man. I mean, because he was never the funniest part of his show to me. Like, I, I watched like way back in the day, like 90s, early 2000s. And, like, the, the weird writers and sketches and all of that stuff was always the funniest part to me. Conan always was kind of like, you know, the straight man, essentially. Yeah, that's true. It was always the, the masturbating bear was the best part. <laughs> yeah, and, and Camel Toe Annie and that bizarre <laughs> cast of characters. Yeah, Camel Toe Annie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I still remember there was this one. there was this one bit they did that was like, you know, he was like, now there are hundreds of cable TV channels, you know, and you're familiar with the main ones, but I want to like tell you about the channels that are out there that people don't know of. And man, a couple of them still like stick with me like 20 years later. I remember one of them was the Not Cool Zeus channel. Yeah, Not Cool Zeus. Not yeah. Cool Zeus, yeah. He's just like doing cannonballs and being an asshole. <laughs> and my my favorite was like uh, the Doesn't Know How to Wear a Hat channel. And it was just a shot of a guy with like a hat on his on his shoulder, a hat on his foot, a hat like, and there was like, no, no, no. Hat was on his shoulder. They were like, almost. And then the next shot, it was on the ground. No. <laughs> yeah, I love like the you know the Walker Texas Ranger lever. That's yeah. what me to the you know Walker told me I had AIDS. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that was a good bit. Every clip was so good. They could just choose any little clip and not really put context to it for Walker, Texas Ranger, and it was just gold. Yeah. I, I watched that show once. Like I was uh, doing like an overnight photography gig with this guy. We were just drinking rum and wa watching Walker, Texas Ranger. Any episode of that is completely bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, well, yeah. I mean, you give Chuck Norris, like, any kind of creative control over a show, like, it's bound to be... There's no way it's going to be, like, any kind of normal. Yeah. Our buddy Josh Holterman was talking to us about these, like, old Chuck Norris movies, and he said there was one, and I saw a clip of it, where um, these, these, like, terror, these terrorists attack, like, a small suburban town, and the director found, like, an actual, like going out of business suburban town it was like a ghost town essentially and then they shot like rockets at it so yeah. like all this like nothing everything's real it's it's like bazookas getting shot at actual houses and stuff chuck norris movies fucking suck those movies are <laughs> yeah. i've never seen one i like like my favorite chuck norris movie is fucking dodgeball you know it's like the only good one wait was he in dodgeball yeah, he has like a cameo. Oh, I don't even remember that. What about Sidekicks? <laughs> he was in Sidekicks. That's, oh my that's, god, that's the one I. Brandon. Yeah, Sidekicks sucks. That movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, Chuck Norris was in those like shitty movies that, like, you know, oh, you can't, like, you go to the video store and they didn't have Die Hard, so you're like, all right, I guess I'm renting Operation Werewolf with Chuck Norris. <laughs> Bullshit ass straight like what good movies has he been in? Think of one. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. He's, like, he's not he's not good in anything. <laughs> Chuck Norris is gonna kick my ass, but his <laughs> fucking movie stuck. I really I don't like shit talking people, but like 
Chuck Norris is never going to hear this. I'm, I'm fine with saying I've never enjoyed a Chuck Norris movie. I can't think of one other than Dodgeball that I like. <laughs> guy fucking blows. I don't understand, like, all the memes. Like, he's not some tough badass. He's just some weird old man. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Fuck, fuck Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Norris fucking sucks. Wasn't he all pro-Trump, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's super, super, like, extremist right-wing dude, yeah. Man's fucking 85 years old. His beard is still bright Whoa. red somehow. Like, let a little gray creep in, Chuck, you fucking weirdo. Right. <laughs> and Chuck, like, you're in your 80s, dude. It's time to go by Charles. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Grow up. Grow up, Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> if if our, if our episodes had titles, this one would just be titled Grow Up, Chuck Norris. And that's what makes all those Chuck Norris jokes so fucking absurd to me because they're all like, oh, he's such a badass. When I know that's just like a frail man. He's right. just a frail old man. Right. Was he really a karate expert? Uh, apparently, yeah. He was, he was into martial arts and stuff. But, I mean, I mean, I got friends that are karate experts and triple black belts and all this shit. And I don't know that it really means anything when you're 80 years old. Right. No. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mo- like, most people could break his hip at this point. Yeah, and Steven Seagal is technically, like, a, a karate master or whatever, so that really invalidates all of that shit for me. <laughs> yeah, I Just was... find the right dojo, you know, pay him enough I... money, you'll get your black belt. Yeah, well, I was about to bring him up. Have you seen videos of him lately where he's just, like, standing in one place, like, poking dudes, and they're, they're like, flying across the room like it's the fucking WWE? Like, Steven Seagal? Yeah. Yeah, Steven Seagal. He's the best, dude. I love him now that he's fat. He needs to do more movies now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, dude, I would love, I would love, like, Under Siege 3, I would watch the fuck out of Under Siege 3. What's great is Will Sasso used to do a version of of Seagal on Mad TV. Yeah. Funny, because Will Sasso was fatter than Seagal. Now, Steven Seagal is fatter than Will Sasso ever was. Like, they crossed paths. Will Sasso got all fit. And now Steven Seagal has just totally let him go. Right. That that line graph is just an X, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he still a cop, do you think? Right, didn't yeah, he was like a he's like a volunteer cop for a while, Dude, right? His cop show was the best. I never saw it. Oh, it was so good. Oh, was Jesus. Yeah. That's fucking wild, man. <laughs> the best. Anyway, Jacob's ladder, not featuring Steven Seagal. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So sweet, d- weirdly uh featuring Lewis Black. I I didn't I read that afterwards. I didn't even notice him in the movie that Lewis Black was in there. There's a there's a scene where he's got a fever and he's in the bathtub. He's one of the neighbors that like gives ice and like when he kind of wakes up, it's just Lewis Black randomly and he's like, "Oh, we lost you there for a minute," you know? Oh, that's wild. <laughs> I I saw that Kyle Gass, the other half of Tenacious D, is also in this. Although I don't even know, I I cannot place him. I don't know where he was. Yeah, I didn't spot Kyle. This might be. Kyle with hair days. It might be, yeah. <laughs> Maybe why I didn't recognize him, but yeah. But yeah, dude, Jacob's Ladder, 1990. I I don't think I even knew about this movie, and you recommended it. I fucking love this movie. It was so it was so good. Yeah. I think it's it's super unique. You know, I don't I don't think there's a lot of movies like this. 
And it's, it's so weird. Like, the director only does, like, fuck movies other than this. Like, all the rest of them are, like, sex movies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I went, and I didn't realize that until after I was like, Adrian Lin, I don't know that guy. But then after watching the movie, I looked up his filmography. Yeah, he did Flashdance, Nine and a Half Weeks, Fatal Attraction, this movie, and then he did Indecent Proposal, Lolita, and Faithful. Like, that's his yeah. that's his filmography. And then for some reason, after 20 years, he has a movie coming out in March of this year. Called Fuck Movie? Called Fuck Movie, yeah. Fuck Movie, Stone. Yeah. Richard Gere. Richard Gere, Steven like, Seagal. This, this is a, a really beautiful, like, I think it, it the reason I like it, because it's not just a horror movie, but it's weird that this guy doesn't do more horror movies. Yeah. This one was so good, and all the practical effects in it stuff. But I think what's hilarious to me is the casting, completely full of bonkers-ass names. Like, my favorite name ever, Esapatha Murkison, is in this. <laughs> it's a fun name. Esa and then also... The guy whose name is backwards, Pruitt Taylor, uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. That's it. Yeah, Pruitt, Pruitt Taylor. Taylor Vince. His name is completely fucking backwards. Right. <laughs> like if you had met a guy and he was like, "Hi, my name is Pruitt Taylor Vince," you'd be like, "Oh, why do you say your last name first? Right. right. Like, are you having a stroke, Taylor Pruitt? Right. I'd be like, "Why are you? Why are you phone booking me?" <laughs> yeah. Vince <laughs> Taylor Pruitt sounds like a fucking like a country superstar. Yeah. You yeah, that, the new Taylor Pruitt? Holy shit, I gotta change my name to Taylor Pruitt and put out a, a country album. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, oh, man. I like that idea. Who, who gives their child the first name of Pruitt? I don't, yeah, that's weird. That is odd. Pruitt. And then, you know, of course, Macaulay Culkin, another weird-ass name. Yeah. Which, which we, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but... I had no idea he was in this movie, and that picture took me totally by surprise. When when Tim uh, Tim Robbins like looks at that picture, I was like, "Is that fucking Macaulay Culkin?" Isn't it weird that like you look back on movies like this now, and the six year old boy in the movie is the biggest star, like arguably? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, did you have any yes. idea Macaulay Culkin was in this? Um, not from when I first watched it, but then. But then, yeah, like, in looking at, like, the IMDb, I thought it would be funny if, like, they didn't have a scene with Macaulay Culkin in it. They just had his little picture. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be at first, yeah. I mean, it's there's stuff like that out there at Macaulay, like, where he's just in there for a minute. Same thing with, like, uh, Haley Joe Osment and stuff. There's, like, movies where he's just in there for a minute, and you're like, oh, that's... That kid became huge. Right. Yeah, like, he's just, like, the cute kid that could, like, say, like, a quick quip. Yeah. For a moment, and then off, yeah. yeah. I love that Gabe is Jacob's only cool kid. Like, his other boys are fucking assholes to him. They're, they they're so terrible. Yeah, because yeah, you only meet, like, he obviously doesn't love them as much. And then you, right. you meet them in the hospital, and you're, you're like, yeah, these other two kids suck. <laughs> what dad. Macaulay is Steven Seagal, Chuck, and then the other boys are Chuck Norris. <laughs> I want to see uh, Haley Joel Osment and Macaulay Culkin in a movie together. Like, like put those kids together now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have the uh, the little kid from um, a Christmas Story throw him in there too. You know. Oh yeah, and uh, 
yeah, yeah, and Jake Lloyd from uh... <laughs> from Star Wars. Yeah, he's young Anakin. Yeah, I hope that guy's doing all right. Last I heard of him, he got a DUI and he was looking rough. And like every time a camera was in his face, he was just like, "Fuck Star Wars." Yeah. <laughs> how 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 much would that suck to be like, "Hey, you're like you're this young kid. We're gonna give you like." the most coveted role of all time. You're like, yay. And they're like, also, it's going to ruin your entire fucking life. Star Wars fans are the most toxic people on the planet, dude. Because, like, yeah. that was his problem. Everybody was like, you fucking ruined the movies. You ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that, crazy. People that, need to calm down. I haven't seen a bad Star Wars movie. They're all fine. Right. They're all, they're none, of, none of them are worth fighting about. They're all fine. It's a movie. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a lot. That's a lot of weight for like a six-year-old kid to shoulder, right? Like you ruined my childhood. <laughs> I was thinking about JJ. Like I think JJ Abrams has like the biggest balls in Hollywood because he already went through the like, oh, you fucking ruined the franchise with all the Star Trek stuff. Yeah. I love the JJ Star Trek stuff. I thought they were great. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And same. then uh, so he got all that hate from that fandom, and then got offered Star Wars. He knew what he was gonna get. Yeah, you know what I. He knew going in that he was going to get some hate for this shit, and he did it anyway. Like that's badass. <laughs> well, and I, mean, I think you said JJ. Hard. I thought you meant Jar Jar. That's actually that's what JJ stands for. His name is Jar Jar <laughs> Abrams. Yeah, because <laughs> he's secretly the best part of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I got nothing but love for JJ. I, I think that guy's got. Got some epic cojones, uh, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything involved in Star Wars because I would just know everybody would hate on it. Yeah. Well, Although, like, why don't they do? Like, wouldn't it be interesting just to see like a love story or a heist movie set in the Star Wars universe? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think sure. that's that's why so many people like Rogue One. I feel like is because it it was kind of like a departure. It was just kind of its own thing set in the Star Wars universe. You know. Right. We Which, get this whole universe to explore, and we're always just watching the Skywalkers. Right? Ugh. Fucking Skywalker. Fuck we're always off. keeping up with the Skywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, See, I, Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I want to watch the, the, the reality show when Luke Skywalker's like 80 years old and he gets deputized. And he, gets, he just gets his own reality show like Steven Seagal, where he's riding around with cops. <laughs> Space cops. <laughs> oh, dude, do cops, but like uh, with the uh, with the Mandalorian or like some stormtroopers. Yeah. Do like actual cops. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch the fuck out of that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Jacob's yeah, ladder. Like, it's like a bunch of people dressed as the avatars, like driving yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Moss Eisley Cantina. I got stationed here about 12 years ago. I've never before been a more wretched den of scum and villainy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy he like this... shoots like the canteen. The cantina band is like selling coke out of the back. Right. <laughs> all throughout Star Wars, there's all of these like lazy, lazy uh, things that that stand out to me is like George Lucas had a placeholder in there, and then they never came up with something better, <laughs> so they just kept it in there. So like the drug that the one guy is doing in the prequels is called Death Sticks. <laughs> right. Like, hey man, you want to try Death Sticks? Nah, I'm good. Like, that's not a good drug name. You gotta call it anything but Death Sticks. Call it fucking Boom Boom, and I'd be like, okay, Boom Boom sounds tight. Like, I'll do that's some what Boom Boom. Calls it. I'll do some Boom Boom, but I'm not gonna sort a Death Stick. 
Misa tried Misa to boom him. <laughs> yeah, and then like Bim Fortuna, that's the worst name ever. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars yeah, there the, a lot of those names do feel phoned in. Although whoever talked him into like turning Star Killer into Skywalker, I think that was a good move, right? That was a good move, yeah. Star Killer's the worst. I think. I think that guy. <laughs> I mean, props to him on like you know everything he did and all. But there's just a, a few lazy things like that. I'm not gonna bitch about Star Wars. Who gives a shit? They're <laughs> movies, right? <laughs> Fucking death sticks. Right. The one I want to do. I want to do Nuke. Like, what movie drug do you want to do the most? What's that from? That sounds so familiar. That's RoboCop Two. Oh, that's right. That's Nuke. right. Nuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah, that fucking movie. Cool. And then what was the uh, the Judge Dredd uh, slowdown drug? Yeah, I for, I don't remember what they call that. Man, I don't remember that one. Oh man, it was in the 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 Carl Urban Judge Dredd. Yeah. There was a drug that made the whole world like slow motion. Like people would do that while they were having sex, so it felt like forever. And then like to torture people, they'd give them that drug and set them on fire. Right, Jesus Christ. I don't remember that. Whoa. Oh, man, it's cool. The Carl Urban Judge, Judge Dredd kicks ass. Yeah, with, with what's her, uh, Lena Headey, or Lena Headey, whatever her name is. Yeah, what if we just never talk about Jacob's Ladder? <laughs> like, that's it. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We've had podcast episodes like that, yeah. But that's Yeah, not... definitely. It's okay. <laughs> It'll go it's where so it goes. It's, it's like fine. It's just how we felt about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so for people who haven't seen Jacob's Ladder, uh... It starts in 1971 in the Mekong Delta with uh, a bunch of guys and, and, you know, a bunch of U.S. soldiers. There's Tim Robbins. And then I love it, like, pans around. I was like, oh, holy shit, there's fucking Ving Rhames. Oh, that's fucking yeah. uh, Eric LaSalle from ER. I was like, oh, I know all these dudes, you know? Um, and then, yeah, so basically they're, they're, like, smoking pot, and then they get attacked. And as soon as they get attacked, everybody starts, like, having seizures and, like, weird physical amp like vomiting and shit and then tim robbins like runs off into the jungle and it's just it's a bad scene all around and then tim robbins wakes up on a train and it's obviously like years later after he obviously or seemingly obviously survived the uh attack in the jungle right you know and this is interesting because just yesterday i was watching 60 minutes okay. which is like an old guy thing to say i never watched that show but it happened to be on you're, you're slowly turning into Steven Seagal. Right, that's right. Yeah, and there, there was a story. Will Sasso is more what I look like. But um, <laughs> um, there was a story about members of the government hearing this weird chirping noise like a cicada digi- digitized, and they were feeling sick, like, for days. Mm-hmm. Like, their families were feeling weird, and it was, it was like they got, like, multiple interviews of, of people. In various parts of the government, yeah, like they, were, like they were being like attacked with like with with like this weird noise with these weird noises. I think I've heard about that. Isn't it? Is it called like um, a sickness? What isn't it named like something after where the the first effect was? I know what you're talking. So I missed the first like the first snippet of it. Maybe they said it then. Yeah, I know it's what really you're talking about. Up. I can't remember it specifically, but but yes, yeah, so, and there are there are like. Um, theories that maybe it was a russian weapon or it was like uh concentrated microwaves or something that yeah were making people sick i wish i could remember the name i feel like it was named after after like a south pacific city or something 
like the, yeah, okay. the Bangkok illness or something. It's not that, but yeah. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the next Game Over movie. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, Man. it's it's just Bangkok dangerous, and it's just Nick, ever, they start turning into Nick Cage slowly. That's right. I feel like right after the Vietnam War ended, we started making Vietnam movies right there in Vietnam, like immediately afterwards. And I remember, like, as a little kid growing up in, like, the 80s and 90s, going, like, man, why is everybody so into Vietnam? Like, it didn't dawn on me that, like, oh, yeah, that just ended. Like, that was just right. 10 years ago. That was real recent, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, and that's... It's, I, I, you know, I watched that Ken Burns Vietnam doc, and I was like, man, I didn't realize, you know, I was born, like, right after this thing, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's... And, and so, like, I always had the impression in the 80s, and especially in the 90s, there were all these, like award-winning Vietnam movies, and they're, like, some of the greatest, like, best movies of all time, you know, like, uh, uh, Platoon or Apocalypse Now, or, like, some of, like, some of, like, the biggest movies were set in Vietnam, and because it happened before I was born, I was like, oh, yeah, those are, like, historical movies about something that happened forever ago, you know? Yeah. And, and now I'm like, wait a minute, they could do, and it also makes me wonder now, like, where are all the award-winning like gulf war movies you know what i mean like we don't have movies now i don't feel like black hawk down black hawk down uh, yeah that's still i mean how that was been 10 15 years ago though right that movie three kings three kings yeah i guess i guess there are some you're right yeah there's a few but not not a whole lot oh there's this american sniper wasn't that no that was later that was the iraq but that was Sorry, that wasn't Desert Storm. No, all of those wars blend together. I think that's do, the right? thing, and like the wars are too muddy. There's not like a a great narrative to follow with like any of these. Like even with Vietnam, like the movies that were coming out of the Vietnam War were like this war was a fucking mistake, right? You know? Yeah. I yeah. there's not one Vietnam movie that's like yeah we had to do this because we had to hold the line and because of communist China and the French left and. It's, it's a complex tale, so it's easy to tell that, like, this is a pointless war movie and make a movie about that. But I feel like the Gulf War, that's a real muddy situation. Yeah. You know, you're right, because it has just been an ongoing, like, shifting thing for, like, 20 years. And it's not – and you say Gulf War, like, people don't – like, what are you even talking about? Are you talking about Afghanistan? Are you talking about right. Iraq? Like, what – you know, and it's just – Yeah, Iraq Part 1 or what? Iraq Part Right, yeah, what do you, yeah, and yeah, you're right cuz it's not even like a specific thing. It's just it's just what America do, America does. Yeah. It's just our foreign policy now. It's not even a specific thing, I think, you know. Right? Just endless war. Yeah. Dude, I used to when I was a little kid, my parents would take me for that to the like 5 for 10 t-shirt places. Okay. Because I liked the art, I bought all of these like Gulf War t-shirts. I remember one said Iraknophobia. It was Saddam <laughs> as a big spider. And, like, oh, the weird. Lord, Scud missiles and stuff. It was crazy. Oh, I had the like Gulf War trading cards. Remember those? What? I do. I remember those. Yeah, you get them at Seven Eleven and be like, "Hell yeah, I got a Schwarzkopf," you know? Oh fuck yeah, I do remember yeah, those. I've seen those. And then and then for Iraq War Part Two, if you remember, there was the deck of playing cards. Yes. Yes. The, that the, with, like the different pictures of folks. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. I like so like. Weird, man. Yeah, like, what's the idea behind that? Like, you're going to be playing cards, and then you look up, and you're like, oh, shit, there's this fucking guy. Like, I reckon... <laughs> there's there's the queen of spades right there, you know? <laughs> you, you, win you automatically win. The, whatever hand. <laughs> you get all the money. You get all the money. <laughs> it's crazy that they had 52 people 
Right. And like, you know, militia members, KKK guys, like David Duke probably didn't make the, the cut. Right. Probably no. all the Muslim dudes from Al Qaeda. <laughs> they could have had like Timothy McVeigh and all of those dudes in there, right? Yeah. They should have, yeah. But no, I'm sure you're probably right. It's all like Middle Eastern guys. And by the time they got down to like the two of clubs or something, they're like, uh, I don't know, this guy like held a gun one. It's just like some random dude who's like, What? I didn't even do anything. Like <laughs> With the B card, the B guy fifty three, then you're like, phew. Yeah. This is the far. He's he's a you know he's he's behind on his taxes. You know he's a good guy. He runs a you know a halal meat place down in uh, Alhambra, but you know he's behind on his taxes, so he's the two of clubs. Right. Yeah. We gotta have somebody. We gotta put somebody on there. Yeah. Yeah. And then and the number fifty three guys like, oh good, I made the cut, and they're like, oh by the way, we're including two Joker cards. He's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, nowadays they'd all be like NFTs. <laughs> oh god! Oh fuck! <laughs> They're gonna be NFTs. Yeah, yeah, terrorist NFTs. Jesus Christ! I, that's gotta be a fucking thing. I'm sure. Somebody, somebody's gotta do it. Should I just do portraits of like, you know, Bin Laden and all those people and sell those as NFTs? Oh fuck, dude! Yeah, that sure. would be funny. <laughs> Man, Joe, Jesus. Oh my god. One of, my, one of my favorite things about this movie, like to get back on track a little bit, yeah. I, apparently some of the visual effects were uh, inspired by Francis Bacon, who's like my favorite painter of all time. And oh, really? like I read that and I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I get it. Like the man with his face and the hood and all of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's totally Bacon. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know, I, I wasn't aware of who that guy was except for, I was doing some research for our episode on Alien. And apparently there was some Francis Bacon paintings that were like uh, uh, inspiration for some of that too, for the design. And yeah. Oh, Giger. Giger's stuff is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I That's love uh, you guys also. I love uh, Danny Aiello in this as well. Like, he's always lit. Like, he's just like the savior of this movie. Like, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah, and when he comes back, well, and first off, like Danny Aiello in anything is always great. I remember seeing him in Two Days in the Valley. I don't know if, if you've seen that movie, but uh, but man, he's a joy in that movie. But but yeah, you see him once early in the movie, and then he kind of swoops into like toward the end. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm gonna like reset you, set you on the right path, and also like basically explain what the movie's about. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if it's yeah. a spoiler because I feel like it's fairly obvious, like what the big twist of the movie like he's dead right he died in Vietnam I feel like it's obvious throughout the movie but the reason I love this movie is because there's so many thematic things going throughout it and they they tell you they give you plenty of clues like Jacob says you know oh it's a biblical name where do you think Jezebel came from like to give you that clue to like oh think about these people's names everybody's got a biblical name in that movie yep. even Jezebel she's the temptress right in the yeah. bible she tempting him to stay in the delusion because she's the one good thing about his delusion, you know? Yeah. Like, but it, it, there's all of this thematic stuff. And then, uh, you know, Danny Aiello, multiple times he has the line about, you know, like, uh, where he's talking about, uh, uh, if you're trying to hold on to your life, you see demons tearing it away. Uh, but they could be angels freeing you from the, the pain of life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I love that. It, it gives it to you. So it's not, 
it's not a very uh, satisfying ending, but it's a satisfying ride. And I feel like even though you know what's going on, there's so much thematic stuff and, and interesting stuff going on throughout that it makes it a really unique and, and beautiful movie. I mean, if if this was made today, they would have made the whole like like twist, like a bigger twist. They wouldn't have given you as many clues. Right. And it would have been Chamalon thing like, oh, he's been dead the whole time. Whoa. But right. this movie didn't treat you like an idiot and gave you like, you know, it was like, yeah, you know what's going on. You see, he's. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And it's like, we don't want to just like jar you with a twist at the end where you're like, oh, that was clever. Okay. I see the twist. They're like, no, we actually want to have a conversation and talk about something. And for for the movie to be able to do that, you have to be in on what we're talking about, you know? Um, and then I think there's some, some thematic stuff with uh, just like soldiers suffering from PTSD, even being in a, in a film. And then, uh, you know, of course the soldiers being drugged, like, I, I haven't fact-checked this movie. If that's real, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and I, I, yeah, and I don't know if this specific instance, like the BZ or whatever it talks about is real, but, I mean, I know they did shit like that. I mean, I know that, that soldiers were subjected to LSD. I, like, I, I know that they were doing, like, testing with psychedelics and shit, you know? Um, right. But, but, yeah, I mean, even, like, from the very beginning, and I almost wonder, like, if I saw this movie 30 years ago, before before something like the sixth sense or you know i wonder if like a less savvy audience who hadn't seen other movies for the last 30 years if i would have caught it as quickly because as soon as like it cut from vietnam to him on the train and he looks up and there's those advertisements he looks at those posters and one of them says something about hell what's it say it's like uh yeah yeah, yeah, I don't know, but the, it says something about hell, and I'm like, oh, he's dead. This is hell. Like I, I was like, oh, right. I, I immediately have an idea of like where we're going here. You know, there's so many shots of of Tim Robbins laying like a corpse throughout too. You know, even when he's on the the table and uh, Danny Aiello's working on him, he's just laying there with his eyes open, completely still, no blinking, no breathing. There's so many shots like that where it's like really hammering it in, like. He's dead, and he's constantly asking people, like, am I dead? Am I dead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the fortune teller that – I love the fortune teller that's like, oh, according to your lifeline, you're already dead. And he's like, ha that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's as Patha Berkison. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, like if, it's like the backward sixth sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one's telling that for poor Willis. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, just imagine the sixth sense if throughout the whole movie Bruce Willis is like, Hey kid, am I dead? <laughs> right. Hey, I think I'm dead. Haley Joel. Yeah, and Haley Joel Osment is like, I don't know. I talk to my friend Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <tell> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a strong sense that I am dead. <laughs> oh man. Oh. oh man. But yeah, there's so, and there's so many like just cool parts in the movie, like where. Like, right off the bat, there's that homeless guy on the train, and there's, like, a, a tail or a tentacle or something. Yeah. And then and then the movie in the club where Jezebel is, like, dancing on that guy, and he's just, like, turning into this weird creature, you know? Like, a lot, a lot of the imagery in this movie is just fucking bonkers. I just can't believe this dude never did anything like this ever again. Just, like, back to the fuck movies after this. Yeah. 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 
It's so weird. Well, and 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 the guy that and so yeah, that's weird about the director. But the guy that wrote this, uh, he also wrote My Life with Michael Keaton. Oh, um, I love that movie. Yeah, where, is he that where he's the, dying. Yeah. 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 Makes all the videos for his son. Yeah, so that's he's right. coming to terms with his own death, and then he also wrote uh, Ghost with with Patrick. Ghost kicks ass. I could I could see that. Yeah, I like Ghost. Yeah, so I think I think I mean obviously the director did a great job with this movie, but this seems to be like a lifelong, uh, like everything this writer wrote, like kind of revolves around this same like coming to terms with your own mortality. Really seems right. to be like a recurring theme in all of his work, you know. Poor Sam Wheat, snuffed out by the vicious killer Willie Lopez. <laughs> when this, what's this guy's name? It's uh, Bruce Joel Is Rubin. That from Ghost? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sam Wheat was the main character in Ghost, and Willie Lopez was the guy who murdered him. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, well, what's you that? in trouble, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> danger, girl. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze my favorite like that guy's the man yeah, yeah. Oh, well and just that iconic i mean i don't even know how like doing improv for years i don't even know how many times i made like it's i mean i guess maybe you could say it's cheap and easy but man it's every time i've never seen it not be funny when you catch an audience off guard and you go up behind someone and you start making pottery together and you're just like whoa my love my darling you know I love in, in community in one of the episodes they take like a pottery class and the teacher's like no ghosting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I remember oh man, that was so funny. <laughs> Dude, I I'm worried about this writer now. Like is he okay? Like that's a lot of dark stuff. Like everything he writes is about coming to grips with his death. Is he alive? I, I don't know that. That's That would be worth looking up. <laughs> this guy up. got cancer in the 80s and cranked out a bunch of great screenplays and bit one. Like, <laughs> you got to look it up. Somebody look it up. Here, this I'll, guy's still alive. I'll look it up. I'll look up if he was alive. Uh, but I did. He is. I think he's of Jewish descent. And he he got real into, uh, like, meditating and Eastern religions, like Tibetan, like, Buddhist-type religions. I know several people that were raised Jewish and became Buddhist. Like, I have several friends that are Jubus, as I call them. <laughs> Is that, do I have to cut that out? Is that a slur? I don't even know. A Jubu? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Jewish Jubu. Buddhist. That, you know what? That sounds like a, a little festival or something you go to around Halloween time. You know? Like, did, did you go to the Jubu? That's right, because we have Zubu in Indianapolis at the zoo. Is that, maybe that's, that's why it is. That's what it's it is. Zubu. The Zubu. <laughs> Uh, no, dude, dude's still alive. He's fucking, uh, 78. Whoa. Good for him. Yeah, brother's still, brother's still kicking around. He wrote, so he wrote those movies. He also wrote another movie, uh, Deadly Friend, directed by Wes Craven, uh, I think has kind of similar themes, and Brainstorm, another one that has kind of similar themes. I haven't seen Brainstorm in forever. I don't think I've seen that one. This guy kicks ass. I gotta meet this guy. Yeah, yeah, well, while you still can, yeah. He's, he's... <laughs> But no, but so I did, I read, I found this interesting. He said that, uh, about this movie, he said, Hope is hell's final torment. Life is a dream that was never real. We are all creatures trapped in eternal suffering and damnation. Right? Whoa. Which, which is very Buddhist. Uh, and, you know, and the idea that, 
attachment and desire. I mean, that's a very Buddhist idea that all suffering, super Buddhist. Yeah. all, yeah, all suffering comes from attachment and desire. And, yeah. uh, and I think this movie kind of has that, like letting go, like not only of your attachments and desire, but like letting go of the self and realizing that to like a large extent, you don't even really exist to begin with, you know, like this is all a dream, you know? Right. So, um, but he, so it's also, uh, Dante's Inferno was an alternative title. Uh, so that, yeah. that, that was a huge influence. And the writer, Bruce Joel Rubin considers this movie to be a model, a modern interpretation of the Bardo Thodol, also known as, uh, liberation, through hearing during the intermediate state, which is the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is kind right. of like similar to the uh, the Book of the Dead in Beetlejuice, actually, where it's like kind of a how-to guide of like being yeah. dead, <laughs> like how to treat that intermediate state, you know? Man, you know who would kill it is Beetlejuice? <laughs> Jim Campbell. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely fucking right he would, yeah. Dude, Jim Carrey would make a great Beetlejuice. I would, <laughs> I would love a Beetlejuice remake with Jim Carrey. God damn it. I, I heard that the um, I heard that the last scenes, the last so scenes of the movie My Life, were the inspiration for the makeup in Beetlejuice. For, is that a real thing? <laughs> Wait, is Beetlejuice just a sequel to My Life? Is that what happened? Is that what happened after that dude fucking died? He became Beetlejuice. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, uh, Gavin McInnes's movie How to Be a Man? Oh, oh, I am sad to know that exists now. No, what about it? It's it's uh, it's a movie where he thinks I I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember liking it. Like he thinks he's dying, so he goes to do a My Life thing and references My Life all the time, and he takes his kid to film him, but he's like trying to teach his son how to be a man, but it's all like like really mundane shit and everything goes wrong so he's like how to pee at a urinal and like all of this stuff it's a fun movie i mean at least when i saw it years ago <laughs> but gavin took a like when i saw that i was like oh it's a dude from the vice magazine like he made a movie cool and now he's become like a really super hard far-right weird republican dude yeah <laughs> but he used to just be like the fun vice magazine guy vice magazine used to be crazy like they had an article in there, cum versus moisturizer, and for 30 days, one woman put cum on her face. <laughs> what? what? And then she did or someone else did. What, what? Moisturizer, on, and like, you know, like that that's what Vice Magazine used to do. Now they're trying to be legitimate news, and it sucks. Right. <laughs> Go back to like making fun of people's fashion on the street and like cum versus moisturizer. That was fun. Right, yeah. We need definitely more cum versus moisturizer content. Yeah. I remember the, the cum person said like it worked. But they were like afraid people could smell it on them, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and also going for after that, they were known as the cum person. So that's right. a, that's a that's a con right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that person's up to now, but I'd be like, oh, you're the cum girl. <laughs> I wish we knew her name so we could look up whether she was dead or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe there were long term effects. You know, they should they needed to run the study for longer. <laughs> There's got to be some weird tie into this movie with that person. Like they're in the they're in the next movie by Adrian Lynn. 
Right, yeah, they were in a, whatever, unfaithful. They, it seems a, like that would just be what would happen to the guy with no eyes in the movie. Was this movie a hit? Like, what? I knew this because my buddy Slimer turned me on to this movie way back in the day and was like, oh, it's a cool, like, psychological horror movie, which I always like. Like, I don't like, I tend to not like, like, monster movie type of horror movies. I like, like, The Thing and stuff, like, stuff where it's psychological horror and, you know, it has more to do with, like, it has, a, a, you know, like a message in a way. This movie kind of has a message. Right. But, it, um, let's see, it barely, uh, it was not a hit in the box office. It uh, really didn't even quite make its budget back. Um, it got good reviews, but uh, but the audience just wasn't there. And it really just later became a cult, kind of like a cult movie, cult classic. Right. But I remember the, the trailers for this and <clears throat> not knowing what the hell it was about at all. It yeah. was just like Jacob running from a train and like, like you know, the, yeah. the deep like 80s preview guy voice, like Jacob doesn't know what's going on, you know? <laughs> and it just it seemed boring, you know? Right. It didn't seem, I mean, I was a child, so it kind of wasn't like, oh, from the makers of Fatal Attraction, I gotta see this. <laughs> Right, but maybe that's why this guy went back to fuck movies because this one didn't make his nut. So he was like, "Well, time to make nine and a half weeks." Right? Yeah, yeah. Indecent proposal. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting because you know, like Fatal Attraction. That's more than a fuck movie. That's a cool movie. There's cool stuff in there. Like I, yeah. this guy makes cool movies, but I just kind of branded them fuck movies because <laughs> they're always there's always super graphically sexual content. Right. <laughs> Which was easy, I, I prefer, easy like, accessible to people our age when we were that young, right? I, I prefer this kind of nudity, this like incidental nudity. Like Elizabeth Pena isn't like there's not like a, you know like a slow like sweaty fuck scene. She's just like getting dressed and her tits are out. You know what I mean? Right. Like that it makes sense. Like Orange is the New Black. That's my kind of nudity. Like they just happen to be in the shower, but they're talking about other stuff. Right. You know, like it's it's, it's, it's not a big relevant. deal that they're. Well, you know, and I, I think we talked about this yeah. last time you were on too. Is that especially now with we the did. internet, we don't we don't need to get that all in one place, right? Those are separate right, yeah. separate things. Right? Yeah. You know, I I've got my porn sites. I don't need the porn in the movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> Much like the writer of Jake. I got two separate Go. watching devices. I got one for the porn and then. <laughs> Yeah. This is my through line, just like the writer of Ghost and Jacob Slatter. My whole thing is, you know, get the porn out of the movies, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. You know, everybody's got to have their team, you know. <laughs> See, that's the one thing that, uh, that, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, uh, Kubrick? Kubrick? Kubrick. That's the one thing Kubrick was wrong about. He was like, People want to see stars fucking in movies. Like, that's the future. When he made Eyes Wide Shut, he was like, yeah, I'm going to make, like, a porno, but it'll be famous people. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're, we're kind of yeah. over it. Like, you know, even, like, the yeah. Kim Kardashian tape, that was a long time ago. I don't think the celebrity shit is as popular anymore. Right. I think people are more just into their own, like, little niche, whatever it is. It's like, I like to yeah. pretend to be a dog. And... <laughs> Dude, have you ever heard of Fet Life? I, d I don't think I have, no. It's a website for fetish people to hook up. That right? would have been my guess, yeah. 
Yeah, so you can go. That was like an insurance thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I signed up for FetLife. If things go wrong and the dominatrix doesn't listen to my safe word and I die, my family gets to pay out, <laughs> and they hide <laughs> the reason I died. Right. But, uh, yeah, there's like a no, specific. That, there's like an autoerotic asphyxiation clause. You know. <laughs> FetLife, I, I I thought was amazing because you could say whether you were into giving or receiving a, a certain thing. Uh-huh. And they had everything. So you could go, I am uh, somewhat interested, very interested, not interested. And then you'd say, like, uh, face farts. I am interested in receiving face farts, you know? But uh, yeah. I right. went, the, on, the I James went Joyce. I made, like, a, a fake profile into the craziest stuff because I was just like, I can't believe this website exists. Can <laughs> <laughs> I guess, can I guess what you put it logged in as? So uh, I don't even remember, but I think it was like CBT guy or something. It was like like yeah. cock and ball torture guy. The guys with one finger on each hand. <laughs> and I you like punched it out. Like a very, I found like a very scary looking man to make my profile picture. <laughs> but I found a co-worker on there and he was into like brother sister role play and stuff. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be weird. And it was weird working with that guy for years after that. Because I knew yes. everything he was into in detail. And it was like, you know, it just showed up as like people near you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Sean. Right. And I had to look. I had right. to look. Yeah. And then, and then like his sister would bring him lunch and you're like, no. <laughs> no, his girlfriend. And it was so weird because like when I'd see his girlfriend come into work, I'd be like, man, I know when they're back at home. She's like, how was work, brother? You know? Yeah. Like, it was just weird, dude. It's like like my friend's stepdad, his uh, his parents, like his stepdad and his mom, they got divorced because he wanted to get pegged. Oh. And she didn't want to do it. And uh, so he kept begging her for it. And she was really inappropriate in telling me. I'm just like a friend of the family that would stay over on occasion. I'm like, you know, 17, 18 years old. We'd go outside and smoke cigarettes together, me and his mom. And she'd be like, yeah, this guy wants me to peg him. It's so fucking gross. So they got divorced, which I think is a weird reason. Her husband at the time, she said, this guy. <laughs> like, just put it on and do the thing. I don't, you know, like, come right. on. It's not that big a deal. Try it out. At least try it. Right. Try it out for the guy. Yeah. You know, like, I. so uh, anyway, they ended up getting divorced. And when he was with a new person, <laughs> his new wife, I had, like, lunch with him once. And I was like, this is weird because now I know what you guys do. Like, I know she pegs. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't. You're not going to go for somebody who's not going to peg you twice. Right. So I know this chick fucks you, <laughs> and it's weird for me while we're sitting here eating their BLTs. Like, right. You're wondering. I, you're like, I'm is not into pink shaming, but I don't need to know what you're into. I don't want to know. You're I like, I don't want to <laughs> know because then I'm going to picture it, and I don't need to picture either of you guys fucking, especially if you fuck in some kind of interesting way. <laughs> it would be funny if he complained that she wanted him to peg her. Can you believe her? She wants me to her. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe this? <laughs> what she wants me to do? I don't get that, man. Throwing away a whole marriage because of one thing, like you know, guy yeah. it's middle age decides he wants to try something new. But that's yeah. weird too. It that that became like a fear of mine. Like, what if at a certain age I'm super into something different? <laughs> right. right. You just unlock a new unlock a new fetish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like. You know, like, I don't know much about Mr. Han's backstory, but what if he just got into that? Oh, God. Like, you know what? Dude. Kind of. There was, there was a woman. I, about... 
I somehow I was unaware of what that was until like uh I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, and this woman I worked with like mentioned like Mr. Hands, and I was like, What is that? And she like described it to me, and I was like, What the fuck? Like some somehow I was like blissfully naive for years. And then, I don't think I know I just thought that was the name of like a site. No. What is this? It's, it's a specific Mr. Hands video. Is the- it's the alias for this guy, Kenneth Pinion, who uh, got basically fucked to death by a horse on video. Oh, I know that story. Yeah, up in Enumclaw. Okay. The Enumclaw horse sex case, people call it. Yeah. That, that, that guy was doing it a lot. about it called Zoo that came out maybe 10 years ago. It's okay. so good. It's, it's really like, it's a good documentary about a really bizarre subject, which I think is fascinating. And like, people think it's the actual video. You don't see horse fucking in the documentary. But it's about this really bizarre situation where in Enumclaw, Washington, bestiality was legal. And this group of people in the early days of the Internet bound to get like kind of came together to form a community up there where they lived near a ranch and you could go get fucked by a horse or. So that guy's name is Mr. Hands. That's his nickname. That was was his like screen name. Like that's messed up because that's how you measure. Isn't that like a like a normal way you measure a horse is by it? Hands, yeah. Oh, weird. How tall it is, so he's Mr. Hands. Shit. What? I mean, yeah, it, it ruptured his bowel, and then uh, I don't. Do you get? Did you guys get Tom Likas out there? I know who he is. He's like a um a misogynist, right? Yeah, yeah. He had a radio show out here yeah. for years, and he was just like, "You gotta dump that bitch," and he would always just tell people to dump their girlfriends. You should never spend more than fifteen dollars on a date with a woman. It was a weird show. <laughs> Tom Likas yeah. is the guy who read that guy's name on air, and this poor guy's family had to find out through the news that their dad died by getting fucked to death by a horse. Oh my Ooh. god, Jesus! It's a really fucking bizarre and like sad tale, you know. Like the guy, he knew something was wrong, but he didn't want to go to the hospital and say what was wrong. But apparently, he had like a perforated bowel and bled out in the night. But oh, so he like lived? He lived longer after the act. He lived. Uh, a few hours after the act, he <laughs> yeah. knew something had gone wrong because he'd done it several times with yeah. this same horse, but this time the horse really gave it to him the, and perforated his bowel. The horse, the horse stopped pulling its its punches and just went for it. See, but Do you think it, the horse went to hell? Like this was mind blowing to me because this was like the '90s when this happened, so the internet was fresh. Right. You know, yeah. all of these people that were into this kink. This level of kink, this was shit that was that came out of the minds of people that were raised on like Playboy. The hardest thing they they got was like Hustler. You know what I mean? Right. And they came out with that. Now kids are growing up on the most like clown porn and scat porn and all of this stuff. It's just a thing. Like scat's just a thing you're into. Like oh that's yeah my my buddy Jim he's into scat porn. What are these people going to develop next? You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah, and and so do you think it's going to be like a, uh, like an upward trajectory of like even wilder shit, or do you think it'll be kind of oh, like yeah. a cyclical thing where they'll be like, uh, they'll be like, oh no, uh, whispering to their friends like, oh, I'm into missionary, and their friends are like, what? That's weird. Absolutely not. No way. There's no way. It's gonna go the other way. Like people are just going to get more and more into extreme imagery. Already right. with pornography addiction, you find people they get into more and more extreme stuff because they just need to see something 
extreme. They're just yeah. into pushing the limits of what they're watching. Right. Moroccan so, cab driver porn. People are going to start getting into pushing the, the extremes even more. When scat porn becomes just another thing, Right. whatever extreme thing you need to get off to beyond that, I don't want any part of, but it's going to be insane. Right. Well, it's like, it's like, yeah, like Batman. It's like escalation, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an insane porno future. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Al- alternate title to this episode, insane porno future. That's <laughs> you think guy, guys will be like, kind of like holding on to like big whale penises. <laughs> insane porno future sounds here. like a fucking white zombie album title. <laughs> it absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Brent, you're talking about the Ahab. <laughs> the Ahab, yeah. The Ahab, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, back back to the movie. Before we finish up here, I just also want to point out that in this movie, he's reading uh, Albert Camus, uh, Camus, however you pronounce that guy's name, The Stranger, which also has to do with uh, common themes. You know, death is certain. The fact that we all have that in common, that we will all die, you know, renders all lives effectively equal, equally meaningless. So, yeah, dark, man. It's real dark. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. I think it's simultaneously dark and and like also, uh, I don't know. I find it not dark at the same time because like anytime like I really start thinking about these kind of things, right? It's like, uh, it's like, yeah, obviously things are like inherently meaningless because how could they not be but then but then that also is like well then you have to like craft your own meaning like what else can you do but like but make it meaningful because it's it's the same thing like a yeah in the grand scheme of things like a billion years from now like obviously none of this matters right but also i don't know it it depends on on your belief system like i was a philosophy major in college yeah. And it turned me into an alcoholic, and I had a huge existential crisis and blew up my life. Right. And, um, and I really came to the conclusion that you either believe in a deity or life is completely meaningless. Meaningless. Like, you can either believe that there's a, a bigger thing out there or none of this matters. If there's not that bigger thing out there. So, in a sense, my in, later in life, choosing christianity was me giving in and just i need to just choose something and just believe in something because i can't live a meaningless life it was it was destroying me just feeling like everything was meaningless and i don't think that's a good way to live so there are days where i doubt my faith there's a lot of days like that but i keep believing because it makes my day-to-day life better to choose to believe right well, and that's, and that's, uh, you know, and obviously like, uh, and I'm not one of those, like, I know there are atheists out there who like, uh, like have strong feelings about, but like, I think whatever people believe that works for them is like, uh, a good thing, you know, but I, I kind of like, I kind of found a middle ground there myself where, um, I'm, I'm not a deist. Like I, I, I am an atheist. I, I feel like the, the odds of there being some kind of sentient creator is very low like near zero in for me. Right. But it, but it's not, uh, it's not like, I I don't get existential despair as far as like meaninglessness, like the meaninglessness doesn't matter to me. That's irrelevant to me. 
Uh, because, but it does like force me to say, um, okay, I've got this, I've got this one shot, this one, like all I really have is the moment that I'm in. So I have to give it meaning and I have to enjoy it to its fullest because it's all finite. Right. And it will end eventually. Whatever this, whatever this consciousness in, whatever this consciousness is, is very finite. So for me, a lot of times that helps me to like appreciate every moment but the, the only thing that fucks me up uh, existentially is the knowledge or, well, or the belief that one day it will come to an end and, it, and that consciousness will just cease to exist, right? Um, which is where I think, and I've never studied Buddhism really in depth, I've never really gotten into it, but which is where I think that philosophy philosophy picks up is like the, the knowledge that... Uh, just kind of coming to terms with the fact that it's all transitory, it's all temporary, temporary, and kind of like coming to terms and accepting that. You know what I mean? It's amazing how many different belief systems there are that are essentially just to calm our fears about death. Yeah, if all of them, maybe, <laughs> like probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, oh, well, when you die, you go to heaven, and it's this great place. Or, oh, when you die, you just, you know, don't hang on to life. And that's that's where the pain and suffering comes as an attachment. All of these belief systems, it's all about just getting you to not give a shit about when you die. Right. Yeah. Which, and dude, and I and I honestly think that's the trick. I think that's the trick. Because, like, it's, it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. And, the like, the fact that it's going to, like, and, and honestly, it has no no bearing on my experience right now in this moment with you and with Brent, like whether it's going to happen or it's not going to happen, like, you know, all, all I can do Wouldn't is... Wouldn't it be hilarious if one of us died right now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know... I, I hope when it does happen, it's a moment like this. I, that would be, yeah, that, uh, of, all, of all the times. Between you guys. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, what a way to die. Like, imagine dying in a way that made everybody else around you laugh. Like, yeah. Like, that has to be a really hilarious death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in the history of the rodeo, there has to have been a rodeo clown that died in the ring, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't imagine a worse death than dying with clown makeup on. <laughs> that's, that's up there, You yeah. know what I mean? Like getting yeah. wheeled into the hospital with, a, you know, a gore wound in your gut. And they're like... <laughs> right, that's, you know, that's, that's second only, maybe only to Mr. Hands, yeah. 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 <laughs> Mr. Ams is wearing clown makeup. That's the future. That's yeah. the future of pornography. <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah, a gored clown, <laughs> gored by a bull. Yeah, are you into? <laughs> hey, are you into goring? <laughs> a real quick announcement here: our friend Anthony Peterson, Octopus Caveman, has just released his latest album, Wolf in Love, and you may find a guest feature from. Yours truly, Corey Jefferson, President Tight Rhymes. Stick around for a preview of that at the end of the episode. And next week, we're going to be watching 2021's Werewolves Within. 
So be sure to check out that movie. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Dangerous Explosion Presents Head Cannon Podcast, on Instagram at Head Cannon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod. And as always, you can follow the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. Do you guys, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about this movie before we kind of, uh, there's so much, there's so much more to talk about this movie. I just recommend that people see it. It's so good. Um, did, did you guys want to mention anything else before we dive into head cannons? Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for head cannons because I feel like they're all already in the movie. There's like three or four layers of themes in here. Yeah. 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 Well, Brent, did you have a head cannon, or you want me to go ahead and go? I can go. It's okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, in my head cannon, um, Jezebel had a son, right? Before Jacob. Before Jacob, she had a son, and then and then she marries Jacob, right? And then this son suddenly, like something un like a, the Jacob syndrome unlocks in him. Right, but he has he has the backwards problem, right? Where his hallucinations are about mundane realities of him, like at a boring job in a cubicle, he's eating fried rice by himself. You know, he then realizes um, he's alive, like for real, right? Okay. And the title the title now of the movie is Jacob's Stepstool. <laughs> nice, I or, love her. I have an alternate title. My Girl 3, Thomas J's Return to Life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I would have ex- also accepted uh, Jacob's Shoots, right, as the opposite of Ladders. Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. Nice. Anthony, do you have one or do you want me to go? I, I just I just have uh, so much love for this story. Like, I just, I can't believe that if you view this movie as this is Jacob's sort of last, his DMT trip on his way (laughs) to the grave, you know what I mean? Right. Um, It's fascinating to me that in the world he constructed in, like, his life after the war, he sees himself as leaving his wife for somebody. Right. But still missing her. (laughs) And, like. He sees himself not liking two of his three kids. (laughs) It's fascinating to me, but like his, (laughs) I just think it's so fascinating to me that he's like, yeah, I'll probably end up, you know, hooking up with some chick from the post office and leaving my wife and probably have three kids and two of them I'll fucking hate. They'll be assholes, but they'll, well, Gabe died before the war. So yeah, I'll go like, yeah, I'll have two other kids. They kind of (laughs) suck. Yeah. I just, I think it's fascinating. I don't know that there is any actual headcanon because whatever, there's no way you can look at this movie and go like, oh, well, that that could be interesting because either it's a drug trip and he did live and it's the continuing drug trip that he's having. Right. But that doesn't flesh with the end of the story and let's go up and Gabe taking him up the stairs. I mean, it's just so clear what it is that it's hard to say think about it in a different way unless you go really out there and you go what if it's in the matrix (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean right so so i got nothing that's my way of saying i got nothing that's okay man (laughs) oh well my i thought i had another thought but then as we were talking i came up with another one so my the first headcanon is uh 
So after he goes, so he lets go of his life. He lets go of his attachments and he walks up the stairs with Macaulay Culkin, right? And so then he meets God and that's when God reveals the meaning of everything, you know? And he's like, oh man, what, like, what's the meaning of everything? And God is like, well, you're, uh, basically to me, this, this celestial, like omnipotent creature, you are an electrically charged subatomic particle in my divine, um, ass vibrator. Right. So, and, and so then that's the meaning of all life. Like life is charging you up to be, to be part of this, like celestial ass vibrator. And that's the meaning, right? Yeah, that's why in the Hudsucker Proxy, he holds up that circle. <laughs> <laughs> Hud, which is one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, Hudsucker Proxy is great. <laughs> uh, it's but, got sand in it. <laughs> but then I also, as we were talking, I wanted to see like a sequel to this movie. But it's like, it's, it's Mr. Hands, right? And it's that oh, fateful God. night with the horse. And then he like, he wakes up on a train. <laughs> and then... And then the whole movie is like purgatory for Mr. Hands, where he has to like, he has to come to accept, uh, you know, his, his life and his death and like learn to let go of things and sure. learn to let go of this horse that he loved as well. Dude, oh. that could be a really interesting movie. Like somebody having to come to terms with dying in a very stupid way like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like remember yeah. Defending Your Life? Have you seen Defending Your Life? The album yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Meryl Streep, right? Yeah, Meryl Streep's character dies because she's Rip torn in there. Pool. She yeah. fell in her pool and hit her head. She's like, I was pissed. I was a great swimmer. <laughs> and he was like, you died pissed? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, no. It's, it's really funny. It, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't fit the, the theme of this show, but it's a beautiful and hilarious movie. Yeah. Huh, okay, I'll have to check it out. <laughs> You you should it's it's easily top five for me top five yeah so like you have to you, after you die the premise is after you die you go to you go to this purgatory that looks like I don't know like I would imagine like Beverly Hills would look like but all but nicer there's not bums but nice sorry I don't know what Beverly Hills look like in my in, in my Americanized brain that's what I think of but um um but then you have to defend yourself like in a court case and they show clips of your life and you have to like defend the shitty things that you did that's funny that's, it's that's great a, that's a fun it's, concept it's also super touching it's just a great yeah. combination of comedy and and uh it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time i can rewatch that nice this one's a tough one to talk about in a humorous way because jacob's ladder is so dark and then the message is so philosophical yeah. and it's such an interesting ride. It's really, I mean, it, there's not a chainsaw fight like Mandy. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing hilarious that happens in this movie. It's all just this interesting experience. But I think this is a great movie to watch by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, this it's, is straight up a by yourself, late night, have a scotch and a joint kind of movie and think about your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely bleak at times, but yeah, I, wa I watched it by myself last time, last night. And uh, I do. I absolutely loved it. I thought it, I just from from the very beginning to the very end. I was like, yeah, that. Is it streaming someplace? Is it hard to find? I've just owned no, it forever. No, it was it was free on Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. I've oh, that's rad. I didn't know it was on Hulu. I my DVD copy is so old. It's got the chapter index. <laughs> 
on the paper in there. This is like, you know. How 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 long is your version? Does yours have the deleted scenes? I don't know what deleted scenes you're talking about. There, I apparently there were uh, when they first screened it with test audiences, they found it too intense, so they cut a few scenes out of the movie. And I, I think the version I saw was the theatrical cut. So I'd be interested in seeing like a oh, longer. I like, heard, wait, I have a piece of trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. That um, I remember reading that there was supposed to be like a dude getting raped at one point in the movie. I like, it was too intense. And that, which is funny because Ving Rhames, like a couple years later, is in Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and so I heard you, I heard you, Anthony. Yeah. So it wasn't by a horse, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that. I, I apologize. I think your audio cut out on me. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. I got to get going. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that, that's been skewed. Yeah, I. Anybody, I don't think I can right now. I don't think I. You're not. You're. I don't have firearms, so you're not gonna get a Bud Dwyer. So. Oh God. Oh, God. Sorry. I've got a stable right. on back. I'll be all right. All right. Well, well, you guys have a good night. It was good talking to you, Anthony. Fucking love talking to you as always, Great talking bro. To you so. too, man. Yeah. Have a good night, buddy. I can't wait till the next one. Yeah, love you guys. Let's yeah. do. Uh, love you too, man. Let's do defending your life next. <laughs> Classic horror movie. All right. All right. All right. Much yeah, love. Talk to you guys later. later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Head Cannon.